With the season continually dwindling down, we have four more possible candidates that could end up being in the running for the University of Louisville men's basketball head coaching position. Let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Also want to take this time to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about four possible options for the men's basketball head coaching position. That is Providence's Ed Cooley, um, Seton Hall's Kevin Willard, uh, UConn's Dan Hurley, and Cincinnati's Wes Miller. We'll also do the mailbag at the end. But we'll start out um, with the... Big East coaches, that is Providence's Ed Cooley and Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard, who many Louisville fans already are familiar with, having served as an assistant under Rick Pitino um, earlier in his tenure as the Louisville men's basketball head coach. We'll start out with Cooley, 52 years old. Now, I feel like I have to say this every episode. Just because I talk about them on the podcast doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, quote-unquote, a serious candidate in the search. As of right now, if you've been following the search, there hasn't been much news at all. In fact, it's kind of been the opposite. The you know the university's kind of kept everything you know close to vest and or close to chest, I says should say. But um, you see where I'm getting at. There's just not been a lot of news. So you know, on on these episodes, I want to you know break down the possible candidates, ones that have been mentioned on the initial lists. All four of these guys have been men- mentioned on the initial lists. Um, I did rile up the Purdue fan base by talking about Matt Painter, despite uh, you know coming out and saying, "Look, he's probably not going to be a serious candidate for the job." Nor would I think, nor would I truly believe he would leave Purdue. And the comments on the in the YouTube section were incredible. But y- you see where I'm coming from. Like I'm not saying that okay, these four guys are seriously being considered for the job. I'm just you know analyzing their candidacies and how you know good of a fit they would be here and whether or not it would even be a feasible option. So without further ado, let's get right on into the first guy. That is Providence head coach Ed Cooley. Like I said, making a 52, making 52. He is 52 years old. He's making a, uh, just over two million a year at Providence. I, I did some digging to try to find any type of a buyout figure. I believe he has one, but I'm not necessarily sure what that figure is. But I do know that uh, back in 2019, seemingly the um, the consensus that he turned down the Michigan job in 2019, or at least that's the um, the grasp that I had on this situation from what I've been reading on. Um, but ultimately, th- this is one of those things where I feel like would he be a decent fit at Louisville? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he, you know, he's a guy that you know wins games even when he doesn't necessarily have the talent. I mean, you know, since you know he. Started out his career five years at Fairfield. Um, didn't make the tournament in either of those. Uh, came to Providence 2011. He's been there ever since. He's made the NCAA tournament five years in a row from 2013-14 down to 2017-18. Um, didn't make it in the next season, 2020. Obviously, 
it would have been interesting. They were 19 and 12 that year, 13 and 13 last year, didn't make the tournament. They're 19 and 2 right now. They're 15th in the country. They just beat a Georgetown team. Um, they're they're a, a team that doesn't necessarily get a ton of style points. Like he's not going to be a coach that um, is going to wow you, you know, with extravagant offenses or, or anything like that. In fact, it's the other way around. I think you know, kind of like a Patino esque type coach in the sense that it's it's a smothering defensive mentality, and good defense leads to good offense, um, so to speak. So ultimately, I, I think that would he be a good coach? for the University of Louisville? I mean, yeah, I mean, he would be a guy that I think, um, you know, runs his program really well. He, he gets guys to buy into the team first mentality. He gets uh, players who aren't necessarily maybe as talented to play to a, a high level. Hasn't necessarily done much when it comes to tournament time, uh, but you could argue that uh, with a, you know, with more resources here at Louisville, that he would ultimately uh, be in a better position to succeed. Would he consider the position? I think he would likely interview for it. Now, whether or not he would leave Providence, I mean, if if the rumors are true, if he did turn down the Michigan um, offer, then it, it makes you wonder, okay, would he do the same for this Louisville offer? I think that Louisville is a better job than Michigan when it's all said and done. But ultimately, you have to, you know, make the question uh, of that. I think that, you know, if you double his pay, or even you know increase it by a million, you'll give him more resources for recruiting. That's another aspect of it. It's it's not determined whether or not he would take the job or not. Um, you would assume he would, with Louisville being a better job than Providence. But you truly never know, especially if he did turn down the Michigan job. Um, in the recruiting aspect, not a ton to really base it off of. Providence it has been a college that really has. You know, uh, recruited you know, their type of athletes. Um, you know, three-star guys, low four stars that you know are being tasked with being developed, and Ed Cooley has done a very good job of doing that. Um, as we remember, the, you know, some of those Providence teams in, in Big East play were, were some pesky teams to deal with. You know, there was um, you know what a thirty-point loss one year. You know, just an overall. Yeah, a, a tough team to play regardless of where you played him at. You know, Ed Cooley, a very good coach, 52 years old. He's very experienced, could offer a, you know, um, you know, a, a stable hand to rebuild the program or retool the program, I should say. Recruiting is an aspect of it that it makes you wonder, okay, well, what what would happen if um you know, if he got hired, how, how would he improve recruiting wise? That's definitely something that you have to take into consideration. Uh, from a Louisville aspect of it, um you know, I, I think that it would be a risk because yes, he um, you know he does more with less, so to speak. Doesn't have a ton of uh, experience in the tournament. Doesn't have a lot of tournament success. We don't very improving on the recruiting trail as well. Recruiting against Power Five uh, schools uh, for for the top guys. Um, it, it's just one of those things. It would be an uninspiring hire, I would say, for the uh, for the Louisville fan base. Although he's a guy who's won. You know, over 20 games multiple times as the head coach of the Friars, and he's going to you know win 20 games likely this year, being 19 and two. Um, he wouldn't be the worst hire. I think he would actually be a pretty solid hire. But at the end of the day, I'm not so sure how much this unifies the fan base. I'm not sure if this checks off enough boxes in terms of recruiting or uh, NCAA tournament experience or stuff like that. All you know, you can make the case. Well, you know. Kenny Payne has never been a head coach before. How would he be a better option than Ed Cooley? I mean, you know, who knows if he is or not. You know, deep down, but he does check off the recruiting box, the unifying the fan base, um, et cetera, getting you know some former player backing. But Ed Cooley be a good coach. I'm just not necessarily sure that he is a good fit here. 
that applies to the other uh, Big East coach in, in Saint uh, Saint Saint Halls, Seton Halls, Kevin Willard. Obviously, um, I think he if, if there's any of these pro, any of these uh, possible options that understand the you know gravity and the nature of this position, it's Kevin Willard, a guy that has coached under Rick Pitino. Um, you know, was the head coach at Iona for three years. Uh, didn't make the tournament either of the years ever since he has been at Seton Hall, where he has won um, over 20 games multiple times from 2015 to 2019, made the NCAA tournament four straight times. They were the biggest regular, regular season champion in 2020 before COVID hit. 14 and 13 didn't make the tournament last year, uh, but they are 14 and 7 now and ranked in the top 25. So he's a guy that you know you would assume – uh, would be a, um, a guy that's going to be coaching a tournament game this year. He's 46 years old. To be such a young guy, he has over 10 years of head coaching experience, which is valuable. He understands the Louisville job. Whether or not he would be, um, you know, whether or not he would do the right things on the recruiting show, kind of like Ed Cooley, it, it's yet to be seen. There's a lot of uncertainty there, um, but he is very solid in terms of getting his guys um, prepared, you know, very defensive-minded as well, but also as a guy that, from what I've seen, lets, you know, plays through his star players, you know, saw what Miles Powell did um, for the Pirates seemingly for 12 years. Um, Angel Delgado as well, you know, playing through his star players, you know, I guess for lack of better terms, he is able to, you know, retool his coaching philosophy based upon his, you know, uh, any given squad, stuff like that. So far, uh, I think he's getting play, getting paid just less than Ed Cooley. I think it's like a $100,000 difference where he's making like $2.1 million. I'm not sure the buyout figure either, um, but he's a guy that has been thrown out there as possible candidate for the Maryland job, stuff like that. You would have to assume that if he gets the call, he would you know interview and likely take the job, given his affiliation with the university Um over you know his, his coaching career, but I think it's kind of like you know, in the you, they're, they're in the same boat. You know, Ed Cooley and Kevin Willard both are uninspiring hires for the fan base. There's a lot of um, you know risk in terms of recruiting, not a ton of um, NCAA tournament resume experience in terms of wins and getting far in the tournament, and also it's just one of those things that it's probably an uninspiring hire. It, just not one of the flashy hires. Although I do think both guys would be you know pretty solid coaches here. Probably more, you know, Evan Cooley than Willard, Evan Cooley, Evan Evan Conley. I'm I'm losing my mind. I, I apologize. It is um, from football recruiting to basketball coaching news. There's no shortage of um, you know of any type of content or stuff like that. But a uh, good good coaches, just not necessarily sure that it's the right fit for either Ed Cooley or Kevin Willard. I want to take this time now to transition into some AAC options and UConn's Dan Hurley. And Cincinnati's West Miller. We're getting we'll get into those here in just a second as we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right toward the big game here in in just under a week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are both in L.A. all week covering the big game. Transitioning, I want to go into the American Athletic Conference where UConn's Dan Hurley and Cincinnati's Wes Miller 
have been rumored to possibly be in contention for the job. They were on initial lists like Cooley and Willard and most of the candidates that have been talked about since you know Kenny Payne and probably Bruce Pearl. It's it's really not known how you know series of candidates either of them are. So that 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 that's something that you have to um, you know take into consideration is it, it might just be a moot point. These guys might not necessarily be the you know be in, in the running. So this might just be for nothing. But ultimately, um, we'll continue into. The AAC. We'll begin with Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley is probably the most exciting, uh, exciting possible option on the, this list of four candidates. Um, currently, the coach of UConn made the tournament last year. James Booknight uh, was an NBA lottery pick. I, I was excited to see what he did there. I loved his teams at Rhode Island. Um, 49-year-old head coach has spent over or pretty much a decade as a head coach, which is big. His last two years at Rhode Island, they were a giant killer, won over 20 games three times there uh, in the Rams program. NCAA tournament twice in the past two seasons um, in UConn. Missed the tournament the first two years. It was a pretty much a full rebuild. And then they made the tournament this past year at 15 and 8. And then now currently they're 15 and 6 and a ranked team. So, you know, it's one thing to where he's shown that he can recruit. He has a top 30 prospect committed for the 2023 class. And he's shown that with the resources that he has, he has the opportunity to recruit and can recruit at a high level. So, um, one of those things to where, you know, coaching wise, he's not necessarily afraid to go, you know, a small ball lineup isn't necessarily, you know, too reliant on the three point shot, but does like to emphasize high, um, you know, high octane shooting from the outside in terms of just getting good looks. And I think being able to run different, you know, different, you know, styles out there, whether it be small ball, the traditional five, he really does well in terms of his um, overall uh, coaching philosophy as it relates to a certain year squad. I thought he played really well through um, James Booknight last year. You know, put the ball in his hands and realize, hey, look, the the ball needs to be in our best player's hands the majority of the time, and it showed in the NCAA um, through the NCAA tournament, I should say. Uh, uh, he probably he makes more than any of these four coaches. He's sitting at uh, I think it's what is it. I think it's just at around three million. Uh, it might be just a little under that. I'm not sure his buyout either. I, it's so hard to find these coaches' buyouts. I feel like Nados is just right there. It's like, hey, twelve million. But uh, you can't really find anybody else's except for West Mailers. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But I think he's a guy that um, he doesn't necessarily have any ties at, at, at Louisville or anything like that. Being a, uh, a guy that's native of you know uh, up east in the um I think he's from New Jersey actually but he's been a guy that has turned around each program that he has been at went from 8 and 21 his first year at Rhode Island to 26 and 8 by the time he left 6 years later and he's doing the same thing at UConn both of them are in the top 25 these past 2 years so I think he's one of those guys to where he might not necessarily be an inspiring hire at the beginning, but I do think he would be one of the better coaching options on this list uh, of the long list of guys that have been rumored for uh, a possible linking for the position. He checks the boxes of recruiting. Um, I, I just think he's one of the best coaches on here, one of the best X's and O's guys. These guys that you know, want to play for him is a player's coach. I, I've talked to some people that absolutely love him. Thank you. you know, he's a very, very nice guy and stuff like that. 
But overall, it, it's just a matter of how many wins and losses you get. His track record shows that he's kind of like a Steve Forbes, Steve Forbes option in my mind. He's one of those guys that wouldn't necessarily the public perception wouldn't be great to start out with but he'd be one of the better X and O's guys on the list. So um, transitioning over into Wes Miller, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats in his first season in Cincinnati, they are 15 and six. He spent nearly a decade as the head coach of the UNC Greensboro Spartans. And fun fact, um, my first ever division one college basketball announcing um, my first time announcing a um, division one men's college basketball game was the UNC Greensboro Spartans taking on the Duquesne Dukes last year in the um, Allen Houston or the Wayne Wade Houston Allen Houston tip off classic one of the two Wade Houston you you see what I mean um, but I, I got to see up close and personal how um, you know how how Miller runs his systems um, not necessarily great offensively they are extremely attentive on the defensive side of things Isaiah Miller. What was the big time standout for the Spartans last season? They made the NCAA tournament last year. They made the tournament only twice in the um, in his tenure in the Southern Conference. But it's one of those things to where if you don't win the if you don't win your conference tournament, you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. And um, it's one of those things to where he's 39 years old. He's making around um, I think it's a, a million a million and a quarter and it goes up $25,000 every year up until the uh, 2026-27 conclusion. Um, buyout is $3 million at, until this season ends, which it drops. I'm not sure exactly the figure in which it drops to. He's one of those guys. To, it, it's it's another that I think he's probably the biggest risk because he, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of tournament experience. Who knows how good of a recruiter he is. Um and you know who who knows exactly how much sustained success he can have at a at a major conference, but he is a solid X's and O's coach. He's you know one of the risers in you know the college coaching realm. But at the end of the day, it's it's one of those things where nothing is a given. You just have to kind of bank on on certain things and not necessarily sure that he would be a um, you know inspiring hire. All four of these coaches would not necessarily be inspiring hires. So. I do think that um, you know all four of these guys could have success here at Louisville. I don't necessarily think that either are, are serious candidates at the moment, but honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'm not really sure exactly who the um, you know, who the you know, front runners are. If a decision has been made, if it has been made, who is it? You know, ha- is there a short list? You know, th- those are questions that we hope to have answered this week. So all eyes will. You know, stay glued on to the Louisville basketball program. Solid options. Um, I think that Cooley and um, Hurley are probably the two best options of the four, and Willard and Miller would kind of be safety nets. Uh, but I do think that all four are very solid coaches. So we'll see how things go. All four would likely entertain the Louisville position. Uh, it's a better job than in, than any of the four are at currently. And um, I think – if if all four were offered the job, all four would accept. But it, the uh, the kicker, so to speak, is uh, how big of an option are they? How serious of a candidate are they in the search? Who knows at this point? We'll take the time now to transition over to the mailbag. We have a couple good questions here before the end of this Monday edition of the show. We'll talk about uh, what those questions are here after we talk about Built Bar. Look, it's the new year. It's the time of year that, you know, I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. 
I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you ever tried the Puffs? It's new. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy, obviously. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, cinnamony churros, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, etc. They're going to be your new favorite. All, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away with the high-protein numbers, low-calories, high-fiber, low-carbs. Compare that to a candy bar, and it blows it out of the water. So do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. And get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Final segment of the show dedicated to the mailbag segment. We have we didn't do one last week. There was a ton of news with recruiting and with you know possible front runners for the coaching job and stuff like that. So um, there, there's a couple that I want to focus on here. Uh, number one is um, you. It, it was actually submitted right before the recording of this show, and it, it sees I saw your tweet about there possibly being big recruiting weekends for the month of March and the month of April. Can you expand a little bit on that? I think, um, well, first of all, it's a good question. Thank you for, for submitting. I think it's pretty pretty straightforward. I think um, you know it's pretty clear cut. We're going to have some uh, more visitors. The visitor list is already piling up for March. Uh, four-star quarterback commit Pierce Clarkson is going to be back in town for March, working to confirm if he's going to be here for the spring game. Haven't gotten any confirmation on that, uh, but I know that some commits – will be there for in attendance for the spring game and some um, you know highly rated guys will be there so we'll kind of see back and forth um, it, it's one of those things to where you know we'll, we'll get a final list as we get closer I think you know we're entering a dead period to where you know not a lot of um, you know contact between the two but I, I can tell you that there are multiple commits on the horizon um, two uh, in particular that I had been made aware of. And um, even Scott Satterfield said in his press conference last Wednesday after the, uh, the conclusion of National Signing Day recap is that at the end of the day, they, um, they do have a commit in the works for 2023, but it hasn't been announced to the public, and he said it would be soon. So, um, you know, it, uh, if, if my sources are correct, it looks like we've got multiple on the way. Now, when they decide to make their decisions, that I am not sure, but it is still good news coming for Clark Nation. The next question is in relation to Scott Satterfield's press conference. He says, um, the question is, Scott Satterfield alluded to the possibility of adding more pro- adding more um, players in the 2022 class. Um, do you think that those are going to be high school players? And if so, what positions? Um, I think it's always key to have a couple scholarships uh, that you have available after spring ball, because players are, um, you know, not necessarily liking where they are on the depth chart. You could have players, um, you know, transfer out of a certain position, etc. I think that the the possible additions would more likely be transfers. I don't necessarily think um, there are that many high school prospects left um, 
on you know the recruiting trail that haven't signed somewhere or even at least committed somewhere. So I think that as of right now, I think that the the, the program is done for high school commits. They're probably just kind of in wait and see mode after spring ball to see what kind of transpires, see where they uh, need to add depth and stuff like that. Um, I, my answer would be the defensive backs room, but they added you know three to four guys in that room in the past handful of weeks. So shout out to the coaching staff on that. In my opinion, you know, you could look for more help on the defensive line, especially in the interior. I, I think I read somewhere where the defense is going to be, you know, transitioning more into a four-three base rather than a three-four. So you're adding more possibilities on the defensive line. Um, you know, that could be another thing to where they look to get um, you know, some defensive tackles into the room. Uh, you know, with those positions, um, with Muhammad Sonogo. I'm not necessarily sure in the um, you know Yasir Abdul announcing he's coming back. He, they may look to maybe add another linebacker uh, just to ensure the depth there. You could always you know add to possible you know wide receiver numbers. A you know it just kind of depends offensive line etc. But I think the defensive line is the place where I kind of uh, looked at thinking you know this is probably where the team needs the most depth. So um, final question as it relates to football with the. Uh, release of the 2022 schedule initial thoughts on the record for next year you don't have to go into uh, in-depth analysis um yeah we'll definitely be going over that uh, after basketball ends and as we you know kind of get closer to the offseason and stuff like that as spring ball comes about ultimately I think that the goal should definitely be eight wins. I think that the beginning of the season offers the opportunities to get those wins. The last three games of the season are tough. I think it's Clemson, NC State, and Kentucky. So those are very tough games. You also have Pittsburgh on the schedule. So, um, you know, the schedule is kind of like last year to where you have your opportunities to win games. You just have to go out there and execute. So I think, you know, seven and five and eight and four is kind of where I have the team going for next year. Uh, Basketball-wise, do you still think a decision comes after the season? Um, and, and if so, w- w- would it be more so? Hold on. It's kind of weird. weird. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. Do you think that a hire would be or is still going to be made after the season? And if Kenny Payne is the guy, do they still follow that timeline? Um, simply put, I don't know. I, I think that there's so much. Um, you know, misinformation out there right now. Uh, there's just a lack of information, really. Um, there's information on, okay, um, there's going to be a hire made after the season or, you know, there's they're still they're interviewing guys behind the scenes or, hey, uh, a coaching hire is coming soon. Um, I think a coaching hire could come anywhere between sometime today and sometime in the second week of April. You know, it really just kind of depends on the, on the route that they go. I think that if Kenny Payne, you have kind of more of an incentive to make the hire, you know, as soon as possible, just because, um, you know, he's an assistant coach in the NBA at the moment, so there's no obligations for, you know, uh, a, you know a head coaching job that he is currently at because he's not at one at the moment. Um, and then you obviously bolster possible recruiting, possible getting transfers in, and, you know, just getting some much-needed uh, morale boost around the program. So I, I think that you'll probably – you know, it, it really just kind of depends if it's a if it's another head coach in college. Yeah, it's it, we're probably looking at the very end of their season. But if it's Kenny Payne, you know, at, you know who knows? I know that um, you know Jeremy Wallman in, in the latest Cardinal Sports Hub podcast alluded to the fact that it could be any time this week, 
or it could be any time in the next couple weeks. So just kind of be on standby. Any information that we hear, we'll obviously report it and stuff like that. But talked about the four more options, the AAC coaches, the group of five coaches. That is Providence's Ed Cooley, Seton Hall's Kevin Willard, UConn's Dan Hurley, and Cincinnati's Wes Miller. We also conducted the, the weekly Monday mailbag. Uh, tomorrow we'll get more so into um, – you know, talking a little bit more about some of the results from the weekend, uh, talking about a little women's basketball, etc. cetera. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple quick shots. First, that Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, the most recent episode dropped yesterday. You can get that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q, with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone, have a great day. Have a great start to your week. Be safe, stay warm, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.